This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Joe the Fan writes, how big is the trade deadline going to be and will the Mets trade prospects for a chance at the World Series? Based on last year, no. Just just based on Billy Epler's approach a year ago in which he didn't want to trade anything. Well, they obviously gave up a few pieces for Darren Ruff. That didn't work out. They gave up a bullpen piece, Colin Holderman, for Daniel Vogelback. I guess it sort of worked out. They made the minor trade for Michael Givens, but they balked at a deal for David Robertson. They balked at a deal for Wilson Contreras. So I guess what I would ask aloud to my fellow Medfin is if they didn't trade big prospects last year in a year in which they were on pace to win 100 games and in an NL East pennant race, what makes you think they would do it this year? You know, maybe the, the 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 category of player would be different. You know, we talked about Otani earlier. Does that change things? Yeah, I think they'd offer more, but I don't know if they would offer what it would take. So I think with owners and general managers, you try to learn about their track records. You try to learn about, okay, this guy's good at this. This guy's good at that. We are only a year into Billy Epler, and the track record at the trade deadline is don't expect much because of what we saw last year. Best case scenario, by the way, for Otani and the Angels is that they're actually competitive enough where whether they make the playoffs or not, it's during that trade deadline. They need to keep him and not trade him because that's the, I, I don't like him being a rental anywhere. I prefer him staying where he is because at least he knows he hates it there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Chris writes right now, who do you think is the best team in the NL East? At the Braves. To me, it's the Braves till the proven otherwise. They go and they win the division every single year. They won the World Series two years ago. I, I think that they are the team to beat, and the Mets have to take something away from them. That's that's really what it, what it comes down to with them. Mets have to go beat them. And while they had some success in the regular season against them last year, and we all enjoyed it, they got to beat them. They got to beat them over 162. They have to beat them if it comes down to a playoff series. They got to freaking beat them. And, and that's why I, I still offer them the ultimate respect that they are the team to beat in the National League East. Granted, the Phillies won the pennant, and I respect how hot they got in October, but the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets were 14 games better than the Philadelphia Phillies in the regular season. That's forgotten a little bit, but that's the facts. So it, it's going to be tough, man. The one good thing is that the Mets – the Phillies, the Braves, the Padres, the Dodgers, and whoever wins the Central feel like playoff teams. 
So unlike in the past, because of the playoff format and because of the roster, you weren't sure if the Mets would be a playoff team. I don't want to eat my words here, Pete, because obviously injuries can F things up, but the Mets should be a playoff team. That goes without question. They may not win the division, but they should at least be back in a best of three scenario in a wild card series. Yeah, they spent a ton of money to at least get back there. At least we hope. Uh, I have a I have a double question. One is from Charlie F- Frederick. The second one's for me. Uh, hypothetical here: City Field's closing in twenty forty. Who's throwing out the final pitch? Santana to Tolly, the Grom to Alvarez. Another duo down the road. Who's throwing out that ceremonial final pitch at City Field? And I have a follow up question: When they close City Field, <laughs> God. If I'm around when they're closing City Field, boy, that is going to be something, man. So Shea Stadium opened in 64, and it closed in 08. So that's 44 years that it existed. So let's say City gets a 50-year run. Right? It gets the 50 years. That would close it down in 2059. So how many years from now is that? 59, it's 23, 33, 40. 40-something years? It's about 36 years, isn't it? 36 years. So that would make me about 76 years old. Oh, my God. Oh, I hope I'm around. I have a feeling that whoever's throwing the ball out is not born yet. <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> or is not on the Mets. I, I, Jacob deGrom is, uh, even though there are some Mets fans that hate him, I do think there'll come a time in which we will look back at him more universally, not just me and you saying it, as a beloved Met. I do think that'll happen. I don't think there's enough negativity with him where he just wouldn't be loved 20 years from now. Beltron's a little bit different. It's a more complicated legacy like we talked about last time. So I do think there comes a time where DeGrom will be appreciated greatly by Met fans, which certainly opens him up as a guy that could become the face of the team. But he's also like a quiet guy who probably doesn't want to do it. I think David Wright, whenever he decides to come back and be in the public spotlight. David Wright can be the face of this franchise as he grows into an older age. But maybe it's somebody we're least expecting. Maybe it's Brett Beatty. Maybe it's Brandon Nimmo. Uh, Maybe it's someone in the minor leagues right now or somebody that hasn't been drafted. Maybe it's Jet Williams. Is that his last name, Williams? I I get confused. Jet. Because all I know is Jet. Because of my son's name. I think it's Jet Williams. Uh, I'm looking it up. Yeah, Jet Williams. Wait, is it Jet Um, Williams? I don't know. Now you got me confused. Jet Mets, let's see. Yeah, Jet Williams. I got it right. right so got, here's my second part. For a second. second part of my question, by the way. Yeah. It's my. Are you going Sunday? Am I going Sunday? I don't know what that means. Uh, so the, the Mets are <laughs> having. What does that mean? So, so the Mets are having is it Saturday Sunday? They're having like a presentation to all the people in Queens what they're doing to the 50 acres around City Field. Oh, Have you seen oh, it? Oh, 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 oh. No, I'm not going to that. No, no. They got a casino. Got, is that what's happening? Whatever they're doing, it's exciting, and I'm I'm pumped. Like I I can't go, but I I'm pumped to find out the information they're going to pump out to people because that is enticing. Because the one thing we talked about the playoff run or whatever, we felt like the the field the, the stadium was a little empty towards the end of the season. <sighs> I think that whatever they're going to do around there is going to cause constant excitement around City Field all season long. It'll it'll be really cool to have things around City Field 
I think the Mets, and I have no knowledge here on how many tickets they've sold this year. I'm just making a prediction based on the past. The Mets are going to draw very well this year. What happens sometimes is that when teams have really good years, they don't feel the attendance bump until a year or two later. So if you look back at, I'll give you an example, and I'll back it up with facts so I'm not just speaking out of my ass. The 2007 New York Mets drew better than the 2006 New York Mets. And obviously in 2006, the Mets were you know the best team in the National League. They were the best team in baseball for a long time. But they actually drew better the following year. And I'll back it up. So I do have the facts. They did very well in 06. They had 3.3 million fans. The next year, they got 3.8 million fans. There was a really, really big jump from one year to another. And that's what happens. That's what usually happens. So like 1997, the Mets are in a pennant race. 1.7 million fans. Following year, 1998, 2.2. Following year, 2.7. Following year, 2.8. So sometimes it it just takes a while. 1986, Mets win the World Series, 2.7. Following year, 3 million fans. So the Mets last year had 2.5 million fans at their games. It was the highest attendance they've had since 2016, the year after they won the pennant. I would guess that that number will go back up. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be cool to have things around City Field. I don't mean to ignore the question, but I do think you normally see a bump the year after. By the way, now that I'm looking at attendance, the only year in City Field's history where they had 3 million fans. Granted, there's less people in the building than Shea Stadium, so I'm not comparing it to Shea Stadium. I'm comparing it to just City Field. Their only year where they got to 3 million fans was year one. First ever year of City Field, 3.1 million. They have not even come that close to 3 million fans. The highest attendance at City Field, just City Field, that they've gotten to besides that was 2016. The year after they won the pennant. Their third highest, 2015. So it shows you that it's the year after. So I think the Mets' attendance will be better this upcoming season than it was this past season. Because sometimes with people spending their money, they want to, hey, prove it. Go prove you that good. And so it's usually the year after where the attendance bumps up. One real quick thing, and we'll have another mailbag down the road. It's fun to do every once in a while. Uh, The lefty reliever market. No one asked me about it on the mailbag. I'll bring it up my freaking self. Andrew Chafin is still out there. Bring him in. Zach Britton is still out there. Bring him in. I'd prefer Chafin. I think he's the safer bet. Matt Moore is still out there. It is interesting to me that three left-handed relievers are all just sitting there. So I don't know if they're asking for too much money or what the deal is. I think that would be the cherry on top to this bullpen. When you look at this offseason, and we all know what the criticisms are about the offense, and they basically had to just maintain pitching-wise by replacing guys. They were playing a lot of defense when it came to pitching. They added Verlander, Senga, and Quintana, but they had to replace DeGrom and Bassett and Walker. 
I love what they've done with this bullpen. Now, I also know that year to year, you never know what you're going to get. I think we all understand that. That's all the risks. The risks of, is Adovino going to be as good? Is Diaz going to be as good? Totally get that. But I love, so far, what they've done with this bullpen. Adding Brooks Raleigh, a little underrated kind of move that I love. The cherry on top would be one more lefty. If I had to rank those three, I don't know how, I, I guess Chafin would be number one. Britain is more of a risk because he's coming off Tommy John. He barely pitched last year, didn't pitch much the year before. But I do think he's got one more run left in him. I've said that before. Kind of like how David Robertson had another run left in him. So maybe for Zach, it would be fitting to have that run with Buck Showalter and have that run in New York with the other team. So I am intrigued by Zach Britton. Obviously, money matters. How much of it's guaranteed matters. But that would be the cherry on top. I don't see anything else coming, though. Now, you want to go add another outfielder because of the uncertainty of Starling Marte? I don't think they are. I don't think there's a big trade coming. So I think this is the offseason. This is the team. And we are only a few weeks away before spring training, which I cannot wait for. I can't wait for that. But either way, we're getting closer. And I did promise you guys something. I said a few months ago, At some point, we will have a Max Scherzer versus Justin Verlander podcast where we break down their careers, we break down who should start on opening day, the legacy of Max versus the legacy of Justin, and that's coming soon. Now, as far as the rewatch is concerned, I've went through a lot of tweets and a lot of emails. There is no consensus on this rewatch. And basically what that means is it's a game on YouTube. Give it a couple of weeks. We'll all watch it on our own time, and then we'll have one podcast dedicated to that game. It's all over the place. There's been a lot of different feelings on what game we should watch. There's been a lot of losses. There's been a lot of wins. So I'm starting to think I got to make an editorial decision. I'm starting to think that I just got to tell people what we're going to watch or what you choose to watch. I'm not a freaking professor. If you don't want to watch the game, don't watch the freaking game. Don't download that week's edition of Rico. What can I tell you? Or download it and listen to it anyway. But I got to tell you, Pete, I'm leaning a certain way. I'm leaning a certain way. Can I give a suggestion in in the world that we live in today? Social media is very nice. You could always do a Twitter poll. I was thinking about that. I've done a lot of Twitter polls recently. A lot of them. Uh, I could. I could. The problem. Here's the problem as I'm losing my voice with the Twitter poll. A lot of people don't listen to the Rico and they're just going to pick a game to torture us, or they're just going to be a douche about it. So if I could do like an internal, Hey, these people listen, they're actually going to watch the rewatch game. Then I'd like it more, but most of these trolls on Twitter are just going to troll. That's all they're going to do. So then what you do is the reverse you put it out there and then go with the lowest tally. <laughs> or go the opposite. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that if I put out two wins and two losses, the losses are going to win because people are going to say, oh, yeah, let's watch a loss. And there are Met fans who want to watch a loss. Like I've had game 706 recommended a lot for some reason. Oh, because we're sick in the head. You asked me that a long time ago. If there's something wrong. Yes, we are. The Met fan, and I'm not speaking for everybody, but there's a, a a ton of us that are diehard Mets fans. 
that I'm not saying that we get off on the torture, but we definitely f- it's it's close to us. So when something okay. goes wrong, we we jump ship. We jump right, right so, into that 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 feeling. So here's what we're gonna do. I just it plopped into my head on the next Rico, which usually is Sunday into Monday. That's when we record it. Then you guys can listen to it. I will present. We will present four game options. Okay, two wins, two losses. We will announce it on the podcast. We will even post it in the description of that episode. And based on your emails and tweets, we will decide. Okay? So we'll give you the options. We'll ca- so therefore, it will be a true listener of Rico Bronia vote as opposed to trolls on Twitter. Okay? So we will come up with the four based on a lot of the recommendations. We'll talk about the positives of the four, the negatives of the four. And then we'll have it in the description of the podcast too. I'll even tweet it out there as well, I guess. And then I'll listen to the people. I'll count it up like with my own handwriting. And we'll decide which of those four games we'll watch. We'll see how that idea goes, right? So that's the plan. But we do appreciate you listening. Of course, you can always interact with us by emailing thericob at gmail.com and obviously tweeting at us anytime you want. We appreciate you listening and downloading. Pete's going to produce Tiki and Tierney all week. I'll be with Craig all week. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.